0: Welcome to this podcast from Wilkesboro Baptist Church, where we are on a mission to lead our neighbors and the nations to follow Jesus.
1: I want to share just a little bit of background about Peter, and then I'll uh, let him come up and, and take as much time as he would like tonight. We're looking forward to uh, his message tonight. Uh, Peter is married to Patty, and uh Peter grew up in Illinois after college and became a Christian, and um, they had three children that were born in California. After they moved to California, they had three children that were born there. They moved back to the Midwest and lived in Wisconsin for 36 years. Is that right, Peter? Okay. And then you moved to North Carolina in 2018, And Peter works for Samaritan's Purse. Now, there's different divisions of Samaritan's Purse, I understand, and Peter's involved in World Medical Mission. And Samaritan's Purse, this is a Samaritan's Purse partner. They they partner with hospitals, and uh, Peter does a lot of emergency field hospitals whenever a disaster occurs. And he travels frequently, And he's out of country quite a bit. Uh, And as I mentioned, Peter is serving as a deacon currently here at our church. Peter, if you would please come forward and share with us tonight. We look forward to hearing from you. And we appreciate you so much. Thank you, Steve. I
0: have to tell you a funny story. So I walked in tonight, and the first person I met was Scott. Coddle, and he said, Peter, guess what? He said, I woke up at 2 a.m., and uh, the Lord just laid it upon my heart to pray for you. And I said, hmm, that's curious. I woke up in the middle of the night. I don't know if it was 2 a.m., but I woke up with a raging toothache. So I don't know, Scott, if you're responsible for that, but... uh, (laughs) I don't think you are, but nevertheless, I think I do appreciate your prayers, and I'm glad that uh, you're a friend of mine, and I'm glad that you uh, saw that you uh, prayed for me. I uh, I brought this ratty old briefcase up because uh, I've got a prop in it, but we'll we'll get to that in a few minutes. I love the Book of Romans, and uh, I'm not a scholar or a theologian, but uh, I, I, there's a lot of truth in the book of romans and it means a lot to me to be able to look at scriptures Uh, i typically uh, have a few minutes every morning uh, to uh, read scripture on my phone or when i get to work we have uh, devotions at samaritan's purse every morning but uh, i also have a few minutes that i can just kind of spend by myself Undistracted by other things, and uh, I I find myself frequently in the book of Romans, and so that's kind of the that is the scripture that I'm going to use for reference tonight. But um, my story goes, or my, my my talk has a little bit of a uh, uh, a, a, a a connection to Romans, but also a um, it goes back about fifty years. Uh, over 50 years, long time ago, I had a. Uh, this was before Christ, and it was also BP before Patty. And I had a favorite pair of jeans. Do you ever have a comfortable pair of clothes that you like? These were a favorite pair of jeans of mine. They were ratty. They were um, embroidered with uh, stars and uh, the peace sign, and uh, they had. They were torn. They were. Frayed at the bottom, they had they were bell bottoms. Now at the time, I was not a Christian, but these jeans made meant meant a lot to me, and I I valued these, I, I revered these jeans or whatever, and uh, but they were so threadbare, I could barely uh, put them on without getting another hole in them or something. So. I made them my special concert jeans. Now, the reason I say this is that these jeans made, um, made me look cool. <laughs> I was not a believer. Um, I had long hair, I wore bell-bottoms and tie-dyed shirts, and I hitchhiked around the United States But I carried my jeans with me because I never knew when I was going to go to a Grateful Dead concert or a Jefferson's uh, Airplane or Country Joe and the Fish concert. So I had to, I I took up space, these jeans took up space in my backpack because they were my favorite jeans. And, but even before I became a Christian, these jeans, um, I I kind of I I had to I had to rethink the whole concept my my goal or my my goal my position in life was to be a hippie was to be a nonconformist and I found it somewhat hypocritical that these genes became um, a sign of my nonconformity however as I looked around everybody else was dressed exactly like I was so now I was, a, I, was a, I was conforming to the things that all the other nonconformists were nonconforming with. And I thought that this was a little hypocritical, and I, um, um, I, I kind of said, you know, I don't need these genes so much anymore because I wanted to be different. I wanted to be known as, a, as someone unique. Well, that brings me to the Book of Romans. The verse in, that I'm referring to is in... Uh, is Romans 12, 2? It says, Do not be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove or that you will prove that the will of God is that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. So, conforming in, its, in and of itself isn't always bad. For example, I th- who among us would not or who would, would disagree? that it's wrong to conform when we come to a stop sign or a stoplight. If we didn't conform and stop when we see that sign and conform like everyone else, we would be T-boning everybody at, all over the place at every intersection. So conforming isn't always bad. Conforming to wearing a uniform. Sometimes schools require children to wear uniforms for a couple of different reasons. One of them, I suspect, is is discipline, but another one would be to equalize the situation. So the the children from parents who were a little more well off than the people than the children from parents who were not so well off would all look the same. So the kids wouldn't tease each other because somebody had a brand new pair of shoes and somebody had as Dolly Parton would say, the coat of many colors that her, that her mother had to make for her in that song. So conformity isn't always bad. But then again, conform, I mean, conformity takes many forms. But sometimes conformity can be wrong. For example, in World War II, um, a lot of people in Germany um, were Nazis. And, the, and they did... Um, atrocities performed, atrocities because they were told to. They were obedient. So sometimes conformity, just to, to the in the obedience, and I'm I'm sure there's other examples. That's just the ones that that popped to my head. That's that's an example where conformity isn't isn't necessarily good. Conformity can also be bad when we do things because our friends do it. In other words, if your friends are smoking and drinking and because you're an impressionable high school student, and you start smoking and drinking, that's a that would that would be an example of of, of bad conformity. And um, conformity can be active. You can be drawn or, or enamored by by something of the world, some worldly situation, such as drinking or smoking or something like that. And you can be drawn to that, and you can actively pursue it, whether it's sneaking behind the barn, and uh, and having a cigarette, or if it's uh, going into a convenience store, or, or finding somebody who's older. Nowadays, it, when I was younger, you didn't you, anybody could buy cigarettes, and I tried it, but fortunately, I didn't. Well, I I didn't smoke cigarettes. I might have other things, maybe, but uh, the. Uh, so, you could actively um, pursue uh, conformity. children that grew up grow up in a Christian home could um, go off to college and they look around and they can say i 'm tired of being a christian i don 't want to do that anymore i want to and so they get enamored by what they find in college and what other students are doing in their dorm or their apartment or Whatever uh, they can be uh, actively um, rebelling against that which uh, the, the way they were raised, but it can also be passive, and I think that passive conformity is um, a little subtler and maybe more insidious. We lower our standards we let our, we, we, we let things creep in uh, to uh, um, Change the way we think and the way we, we we act, but we don't we can't necessarily pinpoint when it happened such as like when I started college, but we insidiously let uh, we can be passively conformed to the world through entertainment through movies um, I'm blessed to have a, a wife that that when we're flipping through the channels and there's something on television that, oh, this looks interesting. Patty will there might be some language or some other issue, and she'll say, I'm not going to watch this, and she'll get up and, and leave. And uh, most of the time, hopefully, some of the time anyway, a lot of the time, I'm convicted too, and I say that's not a good good way, a good image for, for a Christian person. Sometimes, honestly and frankly, I don't. Um, uh, uh, conform, or I do conform to the worldly thing and I don't submit to, to the conviction there. Sometimes, uh, education, people are, who are opposed to God can become our teachers at, in, uh, in our colleges and our high schools, and uh, that's where Christian education is so important because. At least there's a there's a the the, the hope and the desire that that uh, parents have and that educators have that that they're going to influence their children properly, um, but education can be a passive form of conformity, and eventually we start to believe some of the lies and some of the some of the garbage that are that educators, professors, etc. are teaching us. Um, Friendships with unbelievers, we can justify some things occasionally by saying, "Well, if that person, if I don't hang around with that person, they're not gonna, uh, they'll never come to Christ." So, if that's our motive, we should be uh, influencing and 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 I'm not advocating to avoid non-Christians because how are we going to tell people about Jesus if we're not? <laughs> associating with them. But hanging around with the, with with a non-Christian exclusively, it, it is possible, I'm not saying it always happens, but it is possible that they can passively influence us, and pretty soon we start thinking like them instead of them thinking like us because we're not letting Jesus shine through our life. Um, the other way um, we could be passively um, Passively uh, conformed is if is through apathy. We can say, "Eh, I think I'll sleep in today. I'm not going to come to church, or I'll come to church on Sundays, but I'm not going to come on Wednesdays, and I'm not going to get involved with a youth group, and I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to do that." And Pat, pretty soon, well, I'm going to come one Sunday a month, or I'm going to sun- come. Christmas and Easter, and apathetic conformity, because, well, after all, that's what the rest of the world does. And there's NASCAR, or there's football, Um, there's other things that happen on, on weekends. Um, I need to get involved. There's nothing inherently wrong with any of those, with with sports or some of those activities, but when we passively let those, um, change our beliefs and we all of a sudden turn our back on God that's, that's, that's not good we neglect our church and we neglect worship well, the second part of the of that of do not be this, this Romans 12:2 is do not be conformed to the things of this world but the but it says be transformed that's where my prop comes in this this is an electrical transformer <laughs> Okay, The way a transformer works is you put high voltage, by the way, transformers only work for alternating current. They don't work for DC current. That's just a little bit of trivia. But you put line voltage in on the primary side of a transformer, and you get low voltage out of the secondary side of the transformer. Now, it'll work either way. You can put low voltage in and get high voltage out, or you can put high voltage in, and get low voltage out. This is a, this is a, um, a device that uh, we, as electricians, we use frequently because we have to, 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 to change something. The, the word transformer comes from the Greek word metamorphu, And metamorpho, um, if you think about it, what does metamorpho, what, what can you identify? The word metamorphosis. And uh, Franz Kafka wrote a book called *Metamorphosis*, and the chief, uh, the chief character in that book, um, in, this, in this particular novella, was a uh, was a man called Gregor Samsa, and he became uh, he he turned into a cockroach. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not. Um, it's a, it's actually an interesting book because there's a lot of a lot of. Uh, interesting things into that book, but metamorphosis is to change to, to radically change from one thing to another, and that's that 's what, what we 're supposed to do now one, one funny thing about a uh, a transformer is it 's a passive device. it works by electromagnetism there 's no moving parts in a transformer there 's actually no connection between these wires. And these wires. What happens is these electromagnets are in proximity to each other and through something called induction, inductive magnetism, they transfer these electrons back and forth from one side to the other. And it's not it certainly isn't a perfect illustration of the Bible means when it says that we should be transformed, but it isn't, it, it, it has, there is a connection there because there's a radical change that takes place. A high voltage becomes a low voltage. Well, I think a better example of metamorphosis would be uh, the caterpillar metamorphosizing into a butterfly. Now, who among us can't say that, or, or wouldn't, would those of us? I think 100 percent of the people in this room tonight are believers that believe God, that our God is a God of miracles, and only God can turn a, this this ugly-looking, creepy-looking caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly, and that is a total and radical change. Well, I think there's a, there's something that we can identify there. We should be totally and radically changed by the renewing of our mind. Well, what does the renewing of our mind mean? That means reading the word of God and applying it to our life. And so back to my reference to the book of, of, of Romans, if you read the book of Romans, the first 12, are, I mean, there's, there's 16 chapters, the first 11 chapters in the book of Romans are what I call, and I'm not, I, I haven't, uh, Diagram the whole book, but as I read it, what I glean out of it, there's a lot of information in the first eleven chapters, and then the, the from the twelfth through the sixteenth, there's some practical application, and the first, uh, uh, or not the first, but the, the 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 topic that I was addressing tonight was started in in in. Or Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that the will of God is that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. So my challenge to each of us, including especially myself, is that we apply the practical aspects of uh, the book of Romans. And referring back to the earlier chapters, of uh, the book of Romans, chapters one to eight, um, the Gospel message is explained, and the benefits of those uh, of the gospel message is um, uh, 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 described by the apostle paul we 've heard of the the um, the Romans road, for example that is the uh, that is a In terms of what Terry was talking about, that's a that's a means of communicating the gospel to somebody using simply verses from the Book of Romans. Romans three twenty. There's several steps involved. Romans three twenty three. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's an informational um, um, piece of or tidbit that comes from 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 that particular verse. And the, the book um, gives us clear insight that if we trust the Word of God, that's, a, that's an immutable truth, that uh, all of us are sinners. Step two, also found in Romans, Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so step three, Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his own love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God gives us now in step three um, a solution to the, uh, the death and to the fact that we're sinners. He gives us a solution by providing his son who died for us. Step four, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus says, Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, Romans 10.9. And step five, Romans 8.38, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. So um, part of that transformation, part of the avoidance of conformity to the things of this world, wearing embroidered blue jeans and going to concerts and things like that. Nothing wrong with wearing jeans. and There's nothing wrong with going con- to concerts. But if they consume our life, they make us conformed. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind doing the first thing that we need to do is to transform our life, is to become a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. That happens through uh, these verses that we, that we read in the Book of Romans. Um, <clears throat> interestingly enough, or not interestingly enough, but coincidentally or perhaps providentially, uh, those of you who were in church on Sunday, you heard uh pastor chris address the um t- or the from the scriptures from ecclesiastes 12 verses 13 and 14 he talked about vanity and the best that man can do and if you if you remember uh in a in the bulletin which he gave us some suggestions he said suggestion or good practice number 1 identify the formational liturgies behind our vain pursuits. In other words, do not be conformed to the things of this world. And then he said in the second point, uh, pursue God alone. uh, Pursue God, who alone can reform us through the gospel. In other words, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So uh, my message to you is... um, to not be conformed to the world, to use uh, the the scriptures as God has given us, to not allow the insidious things of either active uh, rebellion or passive indifference, but to, to but to consciously and to um, uh, uh, consciously and uh, and willfully commit to Uh, avoiding the things of the world, and to be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove that the will of God is that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. And to tell others, as the goal of our church is, is, to tell others about Jesus, to share the gospel with them, and to be available to admit your mistakes to admit your uh, you know, your weaknesses, and to uh, ask God to make us into the kind of persons He wants us to be. So, thank you for your attention tonight. Thank you for indulging me and listening to my my uh, stories about my hippie days. And uh, I thank my God every day that uh, that He did bring me out of darkness and bring me into light. So. God bless you all, and thank you for bearing with me. Shall we close in prayer? Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you that you have allowed me to become your child. Thank you that you've blessed me with a beautiful wife who keeps me um, pointed in the right direction. Thank you, most importantly, though, for giving us a roadmap to life through, through your scriptures. I pray for each of my brothers and sisters in this room tonight that each one of them would be continually um, uh, asking you to transform their life uh, and, so that they can become uh, the person that you want them to be. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever podcasts
1: are found.